0: um jeremy i try not to say jeremy when i'm on the phone with you but in my head i say jeremy often because i like to play the phonetics with people's names
1: (laughs) you know i love it that's why i got a josiah and a Victorole. so
0: you and you know what thank you for naming that because you are the one that really brought it so close into my practice i didn't know i did it that often until you started doing it and now here we are
1: it's a love. It's a love language, you know. Yes. It's like I understand this is what what government says, but also let me just feel it into my esophagus and thorax, <laughs> and give it to you the way I'm actually feeling it, you know.
0: <laughs> Not esophagus and thorax. Uh, decolonize the thorax, okay? Uh, yes.
2: Mm. Someone, someone was like. Oh, like Scorpio season started on your birthday. Did I said, hold on, okay? Sun entered into Scorpio at 4 p.m. Pacific time. I was born at 5.07 a.m. I had 11 hours. Don't miss me. I'm not a Scorpio.
0: That, that is not how it even works. Th-
2: that's how it works in my head. So my truth, okay? Thank you. <laughs> My truth is that I was a Libra for 11 hours. Okay, I had 11 hours before the season shifted, went on its merry way. Okay, that's so mad. I loved every single hour of that experience. Okay, I was like Cinderella at the ball. I want to begin by talking about the importance of the ancestors because it is important that we
1: recognize. And build from a framework. I just mentioned that we need to listen to what we're saying and then think about it and, and try to apply it in our, in our lives. From the interwebs and the digital space time continuum. This is the dash, the dastardly, the dapper, the dazzling, dichotomous, dogmatic, zeity, devious world life of dances. I am going blank.
0: Okay. And I'm Dr. Dre. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is the dance union pod. Did I mess up the rhythm?
1: You did, but that's okay, because you had a different interpretation today.
0: That's right. And you know what the thing I like about it is I like when we clash a few times, you know? Like it just, when you're partnering with somebody and you just can't get the footing right.
1: Is it dissonance? Is that the word we like? We like dissonance?
0: Dissonance. Yeah. (laughs) And um, we are here joined today by yet another twerk team member. Please introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. Uh, no, my name is
2: Jeremy Guyton, and I'm excited to be here in this virtual space, in this
0: Zoom room. Boom, boom, boom. Also, can you please let the world know how you identify in this zoom, room? Zoom, zoom, zoom. Um, yes. Uh, wait, I'm sorry,
2: I missed the question. How do I, how do I, how? I'm gonna say uh, you don't know the question. <laughs> yes, I can. Oh, my, I identify uh, as a cis man pronouns he him his see.
0: That, that was the question yeah, that was that, that was go ahead Melanie what did you
2: say
1: and then also like do you move do you groove do you write about your oh,
2: yeah so uh I'm a dreamer and my dreams uh, manifest in movement and in writing um, and in performance I'm also an alchemist yeah. yes.
0: so
2: let us let's all our alchemy. Thank you for
1: that.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh! So how are y'all doing today in the Scorpio season?
1: Uh, <laughs> I'm sensing a gentle, nice, luscious, tender touch that's firm yet also soft and supple. You know, feeling really it in my in my body space while I'm living this single. Yeah, and it's okay. And so. I'm embracing it.
0: I think I'm gonna name my breasts firm and supple. One is firm, one is.
1: <laughs> and you can both hold them firm and supple, you know.
0: You know, like like this, like very, like very Janet, like the album Janet.
1: That's exactly what I'm talking about, and this is what really good uh, casineros can do. Like I was watching this uh, video of me doing salsa, and one of my friends, he does this magically. Like it just the the hold, the, the touch is so firm and clear and Mm. soft.
0: That's what it is.
1: It translates. translates,
0: Yeah, yeah. That's an art. People don't know that is an art to be decisive and firm with touch, but then also to like reassure softness. Okay, I'm with you, Melanie. It's that Scorpio shit. (laughs) You doing Jeremy?
2: Uh, Oof, I'm releasing. I'm releasing a lot and it feels great um also the weather is cooling off which is nice beautiful there's a nice little marine layer every morning um for a few hours um but no i'm uh i'm really in a space of gratitude sure. and release um you know 2020 is rounding out um yeah yes, this That's where i'm at
0: Thank you. Oh my gosh, 2020 is definitely rounding out, and I'm ready for some wonderful shifts in our in our astrological landscape. Um, it won't be like over, but we will be getting through a few things. I don't. I'm I'm not yet ready to let the world know all of my astrological knowledge,s but just to let y'all know that Mars is going direct. Um during on November 3rd, which is going to be a wonderful change of energy for all of us. So, no more retrogrades. Uh, um, (laughs)
1: uh, Real quick, I shared this video with Jay about this, uh, this really good skit this woman is doing where she's talking to her past selves during the pandemic. But it's like January talks to April and then April talks to June and then June is talking to November, something like that. And I'm thinking, I want to do that or just go back to my journal writings from this whole because mm. it's almost like when you think oh my gosh it's like it keeps going and so just like what would my what would I say to my past self right now and what do I want to hear from my future self as mm. we can sort of move into the end of 2020 it's really interesting
2: I don't know who I was in March I mean I know who I was but that was a completely different oh, yeah. And it feels like that was eons ago yeah right it was just a few months
0: yeah Yeah, I think I would just, I would just be like, baby, you're gonna be all right. (laughs) Like, you're gonna be, you're gonna be all right. Cause I think that is something that I felt future self. Maybe it was this Jay right here saying when it was going through it, but something kept telling me, you're gonna be all right. You're gonna be all right. Just keep on take a little step here and there. You're gonna be all right. gotta
2: keep on, keep on, keep on.
1: I feel like my April self was like, "Oh, I'm still a little hopeful." But if if not now, self, but like I'm just thinking about how like maybe my other self, I'm like, "I I know you, you. It's go. It might get a little more work, just a tiny bit. Just I want you to keep drinking your water and running. You're doing good. You're doing good. But like that that clip, y'all, was hilarious because her her past self was just like, "I mean, but it's gonna get. I mean, because it has to. You know, her (laughs) future self. I want I want you to just. What are you eating? Have you gotten into
2: bread making yet? Like, just. Oh. <laughs> bread was a whole RPG? thing. Hmm? I just, that remind like bread was a whole thing. Yes. Like there was a point in time where everyone was making bread and it was like, I'm making bread because I have nothing else to do. And yeah. I remember being at the store and this, <laughs> I was at the store and this woman got so upset because there was they were out of yeast. And her argument was like some of us some of us have been making bread before it was a thing, and this is just it was like, okay, wait, first off, you don't uh, you have no claim to ownership of the yeast, ma'am. Like oh. you don't get to say
0: like do. I, was, I, was, <laughs> I was gonna hold my tongue during this conversation until you brought it up, but I'd actually get to make bread during that wave because everybody else decided to make bread.
1: Well, see, here's the thing now. My mom, we've been making bread. So she already had yeast on standby. But I'll tell you this. My sister was making bread with duck eggs and stuff. And I was like, Wait,
2: <laughs>
1: it looks beautiful. And if maybe she didn't tell me what it was, I might have tried it. But I'm like, duck eggs? What's going on?
0: What's going on? Oh, my goodness. All right. Are you ready to get into some um, histories for our future?
1: Yeah! Mm, here we go, history for our future, future. So today, I'm gonna talk about, with love and admiration, singer, songwriter, embodied creative human performer, Moses Sumney. Hmm. My history for the future. Because let me tell you what, Moses released his double album, Grey, in May, I think, when, when we needed it during these this, this COVIDs. And also, let me just say, I'm in love love, love, love with his music videos. Um, And also the folks that direct them. They're just so like viscerally embodied. They are shifting perception and perspectives of what things look like. I feel like there's a beautiful, just um, turning on its head, just these ideas and these tropes, like there's this beautiful one of them out in nature, but they're like pulling a truck, just taking these things that we've seen before, but just like, giving you something else to consider and in this frame and the context. So I just wanna say, thank you so much for that work. I'm here for it. I will continue to be here for it. Also, several of the videos have dancers in them. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure like my invitation was lost or something, but that's cool, Uh, you know. None
0: too, none too. The mail, you know, the USPS has been under attack. So like I blame it on Trump.
1: So I understand that that is a thing and I'm not, I'm not upset. Um, A couple of the videos are uh, cut me and worth it, have dancers in them. I know they did something on the stage, maybe this year too, with a ballet company. And then also just looking at Moses's explorations and conveyor boxes and is it viral, viral?
0: Viral, viral, viral.
1: Y'all know what we're trying to say, but just seeing this really tall, long, statuesque human exploring, uh, yeah, I mean, that's it. So guess what I got for you, I got that sound.
0: And he knows Blondell Cummings, which is really important.
1: Yes, I'm Jay and I went to a lecture for the viral, viral video.
0: Yeah.
1: And when we saw Blondell Cummings on the motherfucking screen, we were like, okay, all right we're here for it
0: absolutely because you don't you don't it's unfortunate but when you're outside of dance even when you're inside of dance so like let's just add bondo come to this history for our future and when you are outside of dance you don't often come and uh, come across the niche artists in dance or the unsung artists in dance and then use them as references in your work like this was when i heard that he specifically cited Blondell Cummings, and was it was it her work, um, The Kitchen, what was the one she was in The Kitchen? Yes. I keep wanting to say Chicken Soup for the Soul, but it's I, not that. Uh, yeah. Is it that one?
1: It's something uh, like that, but,
0: but... Yeah, it was that, but it was just to say that like, okay, this is an artist that knows dance in a way that speaks to my black lineage, and I really appreciate it. And also, if you're listening and you do not know who Blondell Cummings is, you go right on over to um, Google and you and you take a you take a perusal are you are you googling right now melanie so you can give them yeah. a little bit
1: well it is chicken soup
0: it's chicken soup hot? i keep wanting to say chicken soup for the chicken noodle oh. soup for the soul because of those books but that's not Bondell's fault yeah. <laughs> that piece was made way before those books so chicken soup yo um wonderful postmodern black woman artist um should be often named when we say folks like Captain Dunham and Pearl Primus. Um, so know your know your Captain Dunham, your Pearl Primus and your Blondale Cummings, okay? Yep. And that is our history for the future. Mm. <laughs> One more time. <laughs>
1: <Give it up.
0: laughs> I love a lazy run. I just want to say that. I love a, I love a like a good church. Like it's mostly it's mostly a hum kind of run. Like mm. <laughs> yes,
1: not to out too much. I just there's just so many things I appreciate about Black Church. So many things I can let go of, but so many things I ju- and it is. It's like even that. Like and when it happens, when you know, like a woman's just going in a purse to get out that um, little peppermint that you asked for. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: like, mm-hmm. Jeremy, did you get? Was it the peppermints or was it the um, the, yeah. the butterscotches for you? Oh, mine was, actually, mine was Altoids,
2: so peppermints. Ah, Everybody had Altoids, which is weird, because I don't really think Altoids make your breath smell that great. It kind of just, it's like, it's like peppermint funk now, Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's kind of, like, I feel like Altoids is a little bit more fancy. We we were definitely peppermints. My mom actually was passing us cough drops, because she refused to buy candy, so we had always asked somebody else for some real candy, because all all my mom had was cough drops. An extra gum, which you couldn't chew until you got out of church.
0: <laughs> oh, to be black. <laughs> um, Jeremy, do you have a transition step? Um, to get us into the main segment, which is a few conversations with you and the things that you're interested in in this dance world. Um, yeah, uh. So now here's a transition
2: uh into talking about a few conversations with me. <laughs> Wait, pause.
1: <laughs> <Have> you- <laughs> it's a moment <laughs> transition. Have you listened
2: to the podcast before? Me? Yeah. Um, uh, I listened to one episode.
0: Okay. It might not even have a transition stuff in that one episode because we don't always do it every episode. Um, but just to run it back, and this may be good for all the new listeners as well. Um we, if you can give us a named like dance step that takes us from one place to the next so that we can transition into, you know, like a a kickball chain. Like a, like a, like a walk it out, like a chicken head. Yeah. Like yeah. a heel toe. Yes. So we're gonna walk <laughs> it out, chicken head, heel toe into oh, our main segment. Um, talking with Jeremy about actually here's the thing um for the listeners who don't know much about jeremy and you will learn in this conversation jeremy wears many hats jeremy has many interests and talents and perspectives of art and dance in this world so we're going to kind of just jump into a few of the things and let them intersect and weave and coalesce as we move through and i'm just going to look at the first thing of the text message messages hit me and would like to talk about freestyle practice as liberation. Mm.
1: You, you you ate the last word. What is it? Free- As
0: liberation.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, let's get into it. I mean, the free is right in the freestyle. So, um, what are the ways in which we are liberated through exploring? You know, our own movement, the movement of our mother tongue. Movement that uh, starts vibrating at the cellular level, and you know, jumps out at the fingertip.
1: Hmm. I'm thinking also about how freestyle again. This happens a lot, like of, of connecting how these these ideas and ways of being in dance exist also in our lives and like the freedom of freestyle in life, I'm thinking about, you know, just getting rid of the rigidity of structure and that things have to be a certain way, but like even cultivating and nurturing this idea of freestyle and, and movement and in dance life, how that then trickles into, or can be nurtured in our everyday life.
0: Hmm. And, yeah, and Jeremy, your movement practice was based in freestyle? and improvisation, yeah. With what, what was the last thing you said? Was it based in freestyle and in, and in improvisation?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, so that's sort of where I'm interested or where I'm at now and where, like I didn't grow up, I didn't grow up in a studio. So all of my practice growing up was in my living room and it was, you know, a, a freestyle of sorts. Uh, either my best attempt to mimic music videos, um, like mimic what I saw. I never really tried to learn verbatim choreography that I saw. I was just like, ooh, that's really cool. Let me just try that on and and play around with it. Um so yeah, so I think I think my approach to movement has always uh or started from a place that felt really good. Right. Like I I only did things that felt good to me because no one else was telling me or giving me steps or a way to move. Um and I'm an only child, so there's a lot of time for exploration. Um, you know, that's how I spent a lot of my time growing up. Um, but I also think that there are so many ways in which we are told to move as children. And so, this idea of a freestyle practice of, of expanding beyond or exploring the possibilities, because that's really what it is to me, freestyle is, it is bringing. More possibilities of movement into the conversation, um, and discovering things that you may not have even known were there, um, which requires a deep understanding and knowledge of where you're coming from and and where you're headed, where you're trying to go. Um, yeah, this is making me think of like uh, like how many times did, how many times I was asked to stand in line with my hands to my side and you know look straightforward and all of these things are you can't sit this way you must sit this way um all the ways in which movement is prescribed and orchestrated and curated um on young little bodies
1: jeremy i'm wondering if you can talk us through like sensorially what it feels like for you to be in a state of freestyle like is it like how do you channel that that space of being
2: yeah um it first starts from the heart right so i'm first really tuning into how my heartbeat is affected or, or shifts uh due to the music um you know i'm always really intrigued or inspired by this idea or the act of sound vibrating through the body vibrating the water that lives Um, within within our bodies um it's juicy right it's like eating a juicy mango without worrying that your hands are getting sticky um or knowing that you can just lick off the juice later um or like popsicles like you know (laughs) you know like when popsicles and like all of a sudden all around here is red and your fingers are dyed red um that's what a freestyle practice feels like Um, it feels like being submerged in a body of water and and having infinite options in terms of how you can move through space, knowing that the water will support you um you know you'll never fully sink, you'll never fully float you're you're completely in in the in between uh, in between the physical and the ancestral too in a way I guess right um it's a submission uh And it's a practice of releasing like it's um, I think I was I achievement is really important in Western society Mm -hmm. and freestyle practice is not about achievement. And so it's also a practice of of releasing or quieting the mind, quieting the desire to judge. Um. Yeah. I feel like I'm moving away from senses right now, but.
1: Well, no, I mean, but it's, it's also making me think of this moment, like these moments of surrender and trust, and then also deep listening. Cause I'm thinking about moments where I feel most um, alive in a freestyle. And I'm thinking about just club scenes, for instance. And like, there's a deep listening to those around you, to the sound. And it's just so much, so many conversations happening simultaneously that feel so invigorating. And there's, there's just such a, again, a surrender and a confidence and a commitment to being in that state of being.
2: Um, Yeah, actually speaking on being sort of like freestyle in the club, um, we've been doing some research around and looking into BPM and how BPM affects sort of just at a molecular cellular level what's going on inside the body. Um, And this idea of like the drop, the beat drop, and um, the beat drop activating feelings of flying and rising, um, and uh, what's it called? The it's an increased skin conductive response, um, which means that you also sweat more. And so this idea of, of, of sweating releasing toxins,
0: um, yeah. Yeah, th- okay, right in that, you reminded me. Remember when I texted you about Crown Royale, that I sent you that um <clears throat> that uh house playlist, Jeremy? And mm-hmm. I was like, when you get to Crown Royale, because it was a moment where in the set, you've already had the groove, right? You already have these polyrhythms and they're they're setting you up. And then there is then there's this counter melody rhythm that comes in that's like. And it's already, it's like it's already after you've found yourself at home. And then there's this other visitor, you're like, wait a, wait a minute. Like you just have to, there's there's a there's like a beckoning, there's like a there's like a um a literal calling that multiple and polyrhythms and different kinds of rhythms have. And I'm thinking in relationship to the BPM, as you said, like in the body, I think. I'm finding in freestyle practice, and this is kind of piggybacking off of Melanie, what you just said, it, I, I find that like achievement is definitely not the goal as as more as listening and being as present as possible is the goal, especially in a room with other people in a club environment. It's like the vibe is already set and rolling and going. How do you. Respond to that, be with that, and like support all of what's going on in the spaces.
1: Yeah, you're also reminding me of the pleasure of discovery, and and so and, and how it how it shows up in different, um, even with different groups of people, right? Because I love how Black folks are like, oh, oh, oh wait, 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 yeah. you knew those cheeks were there the whole time.
0: <laughs>
1: about that, beat that made you you remember them in a different kind of way. Okay, I'm also watching a lot of Jersey Shore, whatevs, and. They love a beat drop, I mean, they 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 love to the beat up the beat, and so it's just interesting how in that and that space, they're also feeling it and they respect it and they honor it when it drops, you know
0: you know my yep. favorite you know my favorite like not you know my favorite like bass beat drop is when it goes to yeah. Go <laughs> I always think of Dirty Shore type like clubs on those ones.
2: There's also something about like collective anticipation, right? Like it's like that same feeling of New Year's Eve. Like why do we all count down? Like there's this, there's this collective anticipation of the of in the space of like works. Ex- or like on a roller coaster, like when you're coming to the top and you're about to go, you're about to go, you're about to go, and like everyone is just ready and waiting for it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think, you know, this is making me think that uh, my freestyle or freestyle practice for me is not about what looks good. It's about what feels good. And I think that that Mm -hmm. I would say, especially now in the past few months where I haven't been choreographing that much. Right. Like I haven't actually been moving to remember or moving to set. It's all just been moving to remind myself that I can move and be in my body. (laughs) and um so I haven't been I haven't been watching myself dance or like looking my freestyle practice has also happened outside of mirrors right so there's not a lot of watching and witnessing it's really just what feels good in this moment
1: you're making me think about how um I was feeling something similar, like oh, I haven't actually been in a practice in a while. Let me go back to the basics, because I also started dance late. I started in ninth grade in a in a public school setting, and so. But before that, I always said that like MTV was my summer intensive, because I would be watching videos to learn moves, and then I would put on shows for my family. But so, getting back to that, remembering of like when it felt joyous, and to to sort of figure things out on my own, and like even now when I do. Uh, my like freestyle improv videos. I'll like, I'll do it, watch it, and see what I like, and then try to recreate it. And it's never. I'm I always use the first thing I ever did. I'm like, oh, why is that? I always use the first video. But anytime I try to like,
0: mm.
1: I don't know what that word is.
0: Like, I'm like try to grab it, try to recreate it, try like, to.
1: Yeah. Like, no, there was something about the being present in that first moment that makes it what it is, and then trying to recreate a moment of presencing when you're it just it doesn't mm. translate as well.
0: Yeah, it's a pursuit. Yeah. I think I think that's something that the pandemic is actually has been really supportive of me and shifting my movement practice. Because like I had, I think I've been mostly a form-based artist and like and somebody who enjoys art, like I genuinely love form. As soon as I walk into a room and I can see the way that the room is constructed with the furniture and then the painting and stuff like that, I literally get that like satisfying, like, oh my God, you really know how to hang a photo. You really know how to hang a painting. Um, and now I'm like in movement, you know, form is, is I feel like, it's. I don't think it's is an antithesis to the feeling. And the energy that is in there, but more to say that it it is like it's a, it's something to to work with. But I had not given more energy over to the feeling, and then being in the house and on a roof, or where there's no mirrors and stuff like that, it was a great environment to tap back into it. But it was like it was a it was a practice of liberation. Um, I noticed, and I feel like what I was liberating from was the the um the ideas that my body should maintain form as it changes through time like my body is not it's not an inanimate object that can hold a shape for like you know what i mean it's it's meant to have every day it's different even when i'm returning to the same movement material every day there's something different to listen to um and i've known that but i guess i was part of the movement practice was like trying to get that same hit those same shapes be find those same forms as opposed to having a more i would just say honestly like kind and generous relationship
1: yeah that's I, I was hearing the word generous like just having a generosity to the the fluctuation and flexibility of form and understanding that it also is a living breathing thing and that like you say it's it's you can't return to the same form you can return to like a impression residue reinterpretation mm-hmm. of where you are today but like just giving yourself that that you know you know f- finding that liberation in the in the sort of the flexibility of form yeah That's exciting
0: and then also like questioning what is outside of like the feeling of liberation but what are we specifically liberating from yeah. um and i'm realizing a lot of it was like just the 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 ideas and practices and constraints of whiteness um because it 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 is specifically in dance like you know it strips away all of the humanity that is within the bodies in order to ach- attain like a lot of these different forms and then I as I started to look more at it, I was like, oh, you're missing the the point of me being who I am like the fact that I have this body in this black body have these different shapes on it and it moves in a certain kind of density and weight and has a character and a culture behind it is the point of this form. Um, not, not something to be seen as an antithesis of form or something to like try to strip away and leave and, and freestyle liberation or freestyle and improvisation helped me get to that liberation. So I'm really fortunate <laughs> to have spent so much time with myself like that. Um, to find liberation.
2: I think also, yeah, it's also making me think around like what we are liberating from, but then also what we are liberating toward. Mm-hmm. Um, which is reminding me like, I feel like I don't spend enough time in that space um, because it then positions liberation as an active mm-hmm. experience. And I feel like sometimes I can. Sometimes liberation can be framed as passive, like oh, "Okay, well, this law was passed, so now we are liberated." It's like, mm, like liberation is an active practice. Like there is no resting place. Like we don't, you don't. I don't know. I don't. I don't believe that we make it to. We don't arrive at liberation. We continue to be like we continue to work toward liberation, but it's not a landing. A landing. Pla- a pad.
1: It's mm-hmm. also getting a part of this idea of freestyle right it's like there's a journey and there's no arrival there's just a being and a presencing that's always there you know i like that saying it's like we're human beings not human doings
2: you know mm. i never heard that saying i like that mm-hmm. you
0: better human do
1: no you're human <laughs> be
0: oh you better human be sorry I like, I like to do things, you know, I'm a very active person. I I think, and that's probably why, like, the act of, like, being still feels active to me. Um, Like, you know, it's hard for me to see life from the lens that I've been given without there being constant movement and activity, especially as soon as I understood that, like, Molecules are always buzzing and bouncing around even when like the larger form itself seems really static, but the molecules are always responding to something and bouncing in some sense. And only things that don't are at absolute zero and we can't experience life at absolute zero, our molecules being completely like stationary. So then it reminds me that even in the like, in the resting, in the sitting, in the sun, there's a sense of like, there's still activity, not necessarily like doing something, but something is doing something. Should be.
1: I hope. You're in the being of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Huh? I would say you're in the being of it. You're in the presencing
2: of it.
0: No. Um, yeah.
2: Um, one last thing I'll also say about freestyle um, is that it's a meditation for, for me. I've, I'm not great at stillness. <laughs> like meditation. Sitting and meditating is not, um, doesn't yield the most optimal results for me, Um, but I found I was getting, I actually, I received a reading earlier this summer um, from Sunny Patterson and uh, she was like, well, have you, have you tried moving and meditating? I was like, what? That's not what meditation yeah, but uh or that was not what my concept of meditation was. And so I found that also through through freestyle practice, um, my body holds the answers, right? And so I'm also learning that my body is able to communicate. It's a language that I only I really can understand. So part of freestyle practice is also the only time that I'm communicating with myself. Um in secret, right? Cause I feel like the English language pushes for clarity and pushes for meaning and pushes for understanding um, and pushes for clear articulation and movement uh, in a way is an act of liberation toward not needing to be clear or toward not needing understanding from anyone else but me. Um, so there's also some of that wrapped up in there.
1: Yeah. Because movement unapologetically can exist in this ambiguous space, right? And it doesn't feel the need to explain itself in the way that, like you say, the particularly the English language, the language of our colonizers, has asked us to do and and sort of supports us in doing. Um, I feel like, yeah, movement meditation is such a thing. I'm thinking about uh, qigong and also tai chi. You know, and like how those are movement meditations. And oh my god, so oh my god, I, just, I took a, did a conference a couple of weeks ago and. It was through that conference and some of, and experiencing some of those practices that I realized that part of my uh, soma being has been asleep for probably about five or six years, like mm-hmm. since I've been seeped very much into New York and my body required a certain type of protection and, and armor. That, um, yeah, that I I sort of cut off, not cut off, but I I closed communication with certain parts of my body and mm-hmm. my. My visceral experiences to protect my support myself in an environment. Yeah. And, um, yeah. So then, what does it mean to to wake that back up years later, and then also know that, like, oh, and you're like you were saying, Jay, with form, like, and I'm a different person. Like, I'm my form may be similar, but there's a lot of differences of, in the form and getting to know the form where it is now versus where I remember it to be.
0: Yeah. Mm. I find that I find that's really important, especially with like and I, I say that important like the affirmation of form being different and changing i realized it was became most important when i was teaching because a lot of my students are actually really hard on themselves about like not being on the leg that day or not being able to have the same body and of course i'm teaching mostly like black and brown girls so then like the day that their cycle comes along they're like even more frustrated that their body is so different and i had to have a practice of like affirming them for you know it, it helped affirm me really actually I learned as much as I'm talking about it now but it helped me see that I had to affirm that their bodies were not going to be the same every day like it's just like look girl you had a great day 2 weeks ago and that's just gonna, and you're going to you're going to tap back into that when you need to find it know what was great that's what it was i definitely made sure that my students had a journaling practice so that when things went well that they can they can identify why was it going well? Not just not just stay in the jubilation of it. Like, let's celebrate and then let's go and let's look at why did it feel great to be in your life that day? What did you eat? What did you eat? What did you drink? Who did you not talk to today before you came to class? Yeah, all these things. Yeah, because if it worked that day, it's not because it was a benevolent experience of just like, like, harmonic convergence it was a series of practices and actions that while your body is still shifting and changing you can support your body and like okay you came into class early that day and then you gave yourself a little warm-up before we went to bar and then you stayed away from your friend who likes to talk and jibber-jabber during class this time and now when we went to the center your turns were great you had a certain kind of like awareness of yourself that you didn't have in those other environments so if you want to have that again maybe those thoughts maybe those practices are contributing um to support your always ever-changing pre- pre-pubescent body <laughs>
1: yeah. and jay this is actually a great segue into uh, jeremy's other interests of many which is um, your experiences working with youth in movement
0: yeah that's why i did it jay t- i
1: thought it was just ridiculous and then I'm a transition founder. Okay.
2: Take it away, Jeremy. I love you so much. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's so real. I remember um, working with, uh, when I first worked with ninth graders, Um, and this is a class that was looking at the intersection of movement, um, and social change. Um, and yeah, that's so the, the amount of unlearning that a 14 year old already has to undergo in order to feel at home in the vessel that carries them around each day, um, yeah, but I think there's also something uh, in terms, of, in thinking about the magic of the beauty of dance um, and dance instruction and movement in youth is is the ability to to start that process at 14 instead of 21 or 25 or 30 or whenever it starts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm losing where I'm going with this, but. uh you
0: know about unlearning?
1: I think is what you said right there is just, I mean, it's extremely profound and important and I resonate so much again, because I started at that age. And like you say, there was, I'm just thinking about all the things I had to unlearn. Like I used to walk with my chest caved in and also my pelvis curved in, because I didn't want people to look at me. Mm. Hmm. Um, and then having to, again, going into a modern dance class and then um, having, it, you know, like this open chest and then, you know, pointed out feet you know what I mean like just even just to have it, how my skeletal structure was being asked to and even like for the longest time it always felt like I was leaning forward but actually I was straight what the fuck was that do y'all you know what I'm talking about
0: yeah
1: and the teacher was like no but Melanie you're now you're straight I'm like no I feel like I'm standing forward and you look in the mirror and the mirror is like no you're straight like what
0: yeah
2: does that but
1: mean I'm, I've been, you know
0: mine was the other and still to this day mine is the other I like I'm such a I'm like Michael Jackson, smooth criminal when I think I'm straight. And then as soon as I start to put my weight over my heels, I'm afraid I'm going to fall back.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. So Jeremy, like, tell us more about like, as a, you know, as you're sort of facilitating students in this new learning, like what are some things that you feel like are super important for you and the teaching and, and being in relationship with young folks?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, who I think at first um especially thinking about how I don't even know if I can I can say that that is a symptom of just our current context but um they have there there has to be a, an establishment of trust and a and a building of safe space I think to even ask a young person to take a risk with their body um Um, because even even when I was teaching elementary at the elementary level, um, and first graders and second graders, uh, I think we mentioned this earlier, but the ways in which their bodies are controlled almost every second of every minute, um, and so it is a gift to offer to them to say, "Move however you want to in this moment." Um, the doors are closed there is no timeout. you don't get in trouble yeah. um, just exist just be um, I think that's important to start as a base right is to is to really provide the space to just be and exist um, uh, in this body I also think understanding or learning that Choosing to move, movement is is radical. It's a radical choice to to choose to move, to choose to dance, to choose to be embodied, right? We live in a rather disembodied society um, that creates space or allows for more violence. Um, And so this gift of resistance, um, I think is important. Yeah, I think that's where affirmations come in too, right? Um yeah. you know, in, in thinking about the different ways that we move, uh affirming affirming those ways and and lifting up those ways so that so that children are seen.
1: Yeah. 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 I just wanna say I really admire how you and Jay both uh really have such a joy and a a gift in working with young people. They actually scare me a little bit. It's interesting, like um, like when I've taught, it's been invigorating and it's been amazing. And I think it's knowing how, uh, life-changing and shifting it is to be in relationship with young people that for some reason where I am right now, like, it's it sort of like, it scares me. Mm-hmm. And it's, I don't know if I think I don't have the capacity to do that, like mind blowing amazingness that young people actually do, they do generate, but like, I'm just thinking when I student taught and. Uh, you know, I was working with ninth graders and I was like, okay, so we're going to actually use this music. And they're like, Ms. Green there, no, there's no counts. It's just, I'm like, yeah, I know because you are going to find each other and you will find a rhythm and you will all move together. You will figure out what that is for you in this, in this community with, you. and I wasn't there for the final, um, but I saw it on video and they were fucking amazing. Like the way they, and they took it. I'm just like getting chills. I'm just like, y'all can own it. Like they found stuff I never could have thought of. They just rocked my freaking world. And so I'm just like, why am I afraid of I don't know what I'm afraid of, but yeah. That's one thing. Second thing I want to say is, question, how do you both uh, support the vocabulary of um, a technique and a form with the voice and the technique of the student? Meaning like, knowing that folks come from different environments and like they also have a vocabulary and a language that they can actually offer into the space. In addition to how we're thinking about a plie, I'm just curious about how you all uh, nurture that and sort of support that in your, your, your spaces. And hmm. that was a lot.
0: That's a great one because like it, it brings in my love for language also when it comes to teaching, I am a huge fan of etymology. Like, it's not enough for me to know the definition of the word. I need to know the origin of it. I need to know what time it was created. I need to know the context of it. Like I will go all the way through like a whole history lesson on one word and ballet ended up being one of those forms that had such a language connected to it that required me to know French and Italian. Like, so then I was, part of my joy for ballet was, was also my joy for learning language because it was often so like, right there. Like it was almost as if, if we, if English was the original or it was the technical language used for ballet, we wouldn't call it plié, plié, we'll call it a bend. Or we wouldn't say to tendu, we would say stretch. And we wouldn't say battement, we would say beat or small beat. So like, it's so in, So that's, that's kind of how I informed the more, more so I was focused on the action than I was on the actual like translation of it. I I was very clear with my students, especially at the beginning of a like I taught I taught like intro to ballet, which was often like high school kids taking ballet for the first time, which was one of my favorite classes because they often weren't the students who were gonna take it too seriously. And I I was I'm less of a person who takes ballet that seriously. You know what I mean? Like I'm I understand it's a thing, it's a form, whatever we'll have fun and then we'll leave. <laughs> so with those students, I would break down like you know throughout the weeks leading up to the recital. I would say, like, okay, we're focusing on um, pliés, tendus, and um, dégagés. So, like, as, as soon as we get, as soon as we get to plié, I'm writing on the mirror with the board. Like, plié means to bend. Tendu means to stretch. Degage means to disengage. And then anytime you get to degage, I'm like, what are we disengaging with? The floor. Why are we disengaging with the floor? Because you put so much energy through stretching your foot that the pressing of the toes helps you disengage the floor. How far do you lift your leg off the floor? Just enough to disengage. So we're not raising our legs. So it was like, it was helping me get them to understand the function of body mechanics more so than it was for me to get them to understand like a ballet technique. It's like, your body holds so many different colors, right? Your body holds so many different colors and paints that which you can paint with, but our disembodied and our disembodied society doesn't often reward or even like talk about all those different colors. So I'm like, here's your paintbrush, which is your body. And we're going to dip and paint. We're going to dip and paint. We're going to dip and paint. Um, and if anything, I would say teaching toddlers who were, my class with toddlers was 100% body mechanic functions like it was not it was not really teaching technique it was like hey let's, let's this week we're we're focusing on skipping because that's a complex body mechanic that at 3 and 4 it's so funny to watch them, not funny like at them but funny in the sense of like remembering as a human that like there were things that are very difficult to do that you can do with ease now but it's really funny to watch them like Struggle with the like the rhythm of the like step up and uh, step up and uh, step up and uh, or then trying to have them like jump over a pond or put like a little little sticky thing on the floor for them to jump over and I'm like hey you're gonna jump from one foot and land on the other foot just that simple action we'll call it a leap because somebody wants to put that in, but I'm helping them jump from one foot and land on the other and watch them like jump from one foot and try to kick that other foot out, but they're too scared. They don't really want to trust it. So they're like, ah, but I want them to languagely know the technique of jumping from one foot to the other. So I tend to teach dance more of like, get, get into your body mechanics, get into your, your, your different colors and your different textures. This technique is only going to be language that we can use once we leave this place and engage with other dance artists, if you want to do that, but not, not to say that it has this like, your time due has to be turned out in this and that. Like, nah, no, it doesn't. Like, you don't have to be that dance artist if you don't want to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, ooh, that, that's bringing up a lot of things. Um, I think, uh, so first off, I in, in my classes, I always remind my students that uh, their body is the teacher and I'm just here facilitating. Um, and so, you know, the, the first goal is do what feels good, do what your body leads you to do. Um, and then similar to what you were saying, Jay, we would collaboratively name things, right? So, so I might say like, bend, plie, blend, plie, bend, plie. But then I also might ask, all right, like what, what are we calling this? And then depending on the age group, if, you know, if they're elementary kids, I might be like, this is a spongy thing. And then it's like, great. So now it's just the spongy thing. So next class it's,
0: you know,
2: all right. So, all right. Everyone show me your spongy thing. Cool. Great. Awesome job on your spongy thing. Let's move to our shooting star. Excellent shooting. So, um, and then I think another way that I, another tool that I've used is um, collaborative playlists, right? So, um, in any of my classes, I make sure that the aural scape is something that nourishes everyone in the room. Um, and so we build our playlist together. And especially in my high school classes, I would have the playlist playing before class would start. And so then also just observing, right? Like, they a lot of songs have their own technique or their own dance or their own vocabulary, and so they would execute it right because that's their language they understand it well and so then there's also a curiosity on my behalf right like if I show that I am curious about the languages and the vocabularies and the techniques that they're bringing into the room you know um if I show you know if they if they're doing a move I'm like oh oh all right like what's that and they'll teach it to me. And I look mad whack doing it, of course. And they'd be like, yo, Mr. J, nah, like you can't do that. You look whack, stop. And I'd be like, yo, that's like what? But in that moment, I'm, I'm, I'm ascribing just as much value to the techniques and the vocabularies that they bring into the room before I even teach anything. So then, it's it's we we're on. We are all teachers in this room, right? Yeah. I'm learning just as much from you and your bodily intelligence as I am pouring in or offering um, for you to learn from me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think I think that's also a way to to sort of place to 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 hold both, to hold all, to hold all of the techniques and vocabularies in the room, yeah. um, you know, with with equal weight and i very rarely will set a piece on on youth right it's always going to be a collaborative choreographic experience what move should go next what where do we want to go what do we want to do what feels good um i very rarely will come in with prescribed counts you know um so that everyone's voice is reflected in whatever it is that we present um and they feel proud, you know? There, there's a sense of pride and a sense of ownership and a sense of, okay, like I I have contributed to the knowledge um, that we've learned in the course of this, of this class.
1: That is so exciting. And it's actually, you both give me this idea and I know someone's done it before, but okay, I'm gonna say it anyway, which is like, I'm so curious to go into a classroom with students and be like, okay, so we're gonna do a plie. It says here that a plie is this, this, and this. Let me see what your plie looks like. Because yeah. there's also something interesting in, in that sort of interpretation of the English language, right? Like, or this, the French language, or, you know? So I'd be so curious to hear and see how, how folks, because, you know, we've done these exercises too, where, you know, you write down uh, a piece that, like, you write down a, like a sequence of movement and you give it to someone else and they interpret what an arm bend, switch, turn to the side looks like. And so then you get this, these beautiful different interpretations of of a word yeah it feels so going back to juicy juicy
0: yeah
1: that is so exciting gosh i love dance Ah!
0: there's there's something else you said in relationship to that um melanie uh jeremy you said something that made me think about um oh having the confidence as a teacher or as an educator or just, or having the confidence of the knowledge to bring into the room for the role that you are in the room for. Because one thing I love doing similar, like I would always civilly like mess up this, the students like social dances of the time. Like as soon as we got to like all this, like hitting the wall and the nene and stuff like that, I knew, I knew how to do it to an extent that was like, they were still going to think it was corny because I'm older than them. It no doesn't matter how well I do it they're going to think it's corny because i'm the teacher but i would definitely like stupid like oh is this how you do it and do it kind of like wrong so that that then they can try to teach me how to yeah. do it right so then i can like also inform them of like the this is what i'm also doing with you in this class when i'm talking to you about your form and your technique but then also having the confidence i had other kinds of teaching environments where i didn't get to have like the full year with the students so those kind of like Having nine or ten sessions are often much more rewarding. Oh, not more rewarding, the instant gratification of those are, 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 are there because I'm not trying to extend, I'm not trying to do the delayed gratification of like the year with you. I'm, I'm in here for short bursts of fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? But what was great was watching students who had like these natural abilities that they didn't think were natural abilities, like kids who could do handstands and all other kinds of balancings and, and functional things because like they were a cheerleader when they were younger, or they were on a step team or they took gymnastics a few times, you know, kids, come in with some life experience by the time you reach them. And I love going over to the kid who has like, this is a specific example, who did really great handstands when we were working on inversions and then getting them to access their lower abs so that their pelvis wasn't tipping them too far over. And then watching their brains go when that little moment happens, especially when it comes in those moments, in those like nine to 10 session courses, because you're coming in as a guest I love. I tell students all the time when I come in as a guest. You have the right in this moment to doubt everything that I'm about to share with you because I know I was that student. You come into my class like you know that you think you know something just because you, you, right? Especially if you was a sub. Oh, you oh, you think you know something?
1: I was, I was, I was even skeptical of master's class when the teacher, you know, you know, people yeah. Come mm-hmm. You if I ever did in my life, I was such a bitch. Right.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I was telling, like, you don't have to, like, you have the right to be skeptical of everything I'm going to say. And I loved that that honoring of the skepticism meeting with, like, the actual knowledge that I'm bringing into the room and watching them, like, go from across the floor, playing around too much and, like, not really taking it serious, me giving that little bit of feedback. And then they're literally just in class, like, this person, I'm here to learn. (laughs) I'm here to learn. Which is also, it's reminding me of a...
2: I feel like also working those moments in class where just for a moment we're able to forget that the world is hard out there. Yeah. You know, like for that one moment we are on our island of joy. Um yeah. And and especially for kids. There well, it's it's funny. So I was um I was talking with a friend yesterday uh, my friend Ron about sort of like uh, one time I was posed this question you know when when is the last time that you remember being free and when I when I think about that question I'm like uh I don't I don't know right I can imagine that it was at some point in my childhood before I learned all that I know now but I, I don't remember that time Um, I can't tell you what it felt like. And in some ways it feels like my entire life's journey is getting back or returning to that moment of, of freedom. Um, And I feel like there, there are glimpses into that in the classroom. Um, I'm thinking more so when I'm working with high schoolers where there are those moments where they're kids, like they're, they're able to be kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're so much closer to that moment of freedom. Um, and so those moments are also, I think, so, that's, I mean, those, yeah, those those are the moments that, that really stick with me. And I think that propelled me forward and nourished me. Yeah. Um... That
1: is such a beautiful question. And I think you just helped me connect why I'm like devouring Jersey Shore right now. And it's not the drama, but I think, when I feel my most free is actually when I have been in freestyle and the and I'm like allowing the, like I surrender to the music. I've gotten some really good libations. I'm in good company, you know. You're surrounded by people that you love. There's this intimacy. There's this love. There's this passion, and it's all just like like you say, exploding. And with this, these like what do you call it? You said BM, bpm's.
0: Oh, <laughs> bpm. Yeah, that beats per minute. Right. The drop.
1: Yeah, the drop, you know what I mean? I'm just thinking about like, you know, when when I'm in those moments, when I'm able to experience those moments, especially because I can't experience them now in COVID, it's just something really, like, I think that's where I'm in my most free because it's like, time doesn't matter. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing the next morning. I'm just being so present and in the moment. And there's so much possibility. Like, oh my gosh, these like 4 a.m. in the morning kind of nights have been like, especially in New York, were amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. Like you you beat, like, I've you know, I'm just thinking about like you start at the club, then you end up at the park and then all of a sudden you're doing karaoke and then you're just like, to me, like that's, that's where my freedom, this is where I'm remembering free, be feeling free. So.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting that you mentioned 4 a.m. because I have to remind myself that you meant you stayed up until four a.m. Not that you woke up at four a.m. Because I will wake up at four a.m. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> freedom. <laughs> I find because I I find I think I always felt at odds with New York in the nightlife. Like as soon as the sun starts to go down in New York, I'm like, oh, let me go in the house because this it turns into a whole other city that I can't fully connect with. And I think it's partly because um, there's a sense of release that happens in New York during that time that or any major city during that time. I
1: felt it in New Orleans.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's a sense of release that I don't find during that time. Like, I find the release in the morning. Like, I, like, release and then I go about my day. Like, I, I, if I, I like going to see sunrises on the mountain. I like going to, to, like, parks and being with nature. Like, those are the things that I've always had relationship to, to find that release, that same, like, that flow of, like, I don't know um anything beyond where my body is at in actions that we're doing and that's why i love those class those 10 a.m classes i'm a big like let's start rehearsal at eight or i can yeah or i can be in class at 10 and or even if we start a class at eight i didn't i did not mind morning classes because i would be so present in that time so i just wanted to talk about the different times
1: (laughs) yeah it's just that's my conundrum because i love at 8 a.m but i also love a late night Yeah. Trying to figure out those don't, those don't that, you know, that's on different pages of the catalog. So picking and choosing. Like, I, you know, I get up at 6.30 a.m. Like, I, I enjoy getting up in the morning. I love getting up before other folks are up. And I also want me a juicy late night. A juicy
2: late night. I mean, the, there's so much in terms of, like, everything that pursuits toward liberation, so much of that is in the ritual of going out, right? I mean, I think it's also probably why we... Or why I venture through all of the potential harms, and you know it's a risk going out is a risk, and it's a risk and a ritual that for some folks we engage in weekly um but there is something about the liberation of the darkness, right, the freedom of the night um that is so alluring
0: um yeah. Risk and ritual. Oof, look. God. <laughs> Can you do that one more time? <laughs>
1: so
0: good. I'm so glad that you actually did it because I loved it. <laughs> um, I think this might be a good time for us to take a break now, actually. Um, leave up on that wonderful note of risk and, and um and ritual and we will be right back. Um after these massages
1: hey folks as you know unless you've been sleeping or something voting is here it is happening now actually in new york city early voting started saturday october 24th so you have a chance to go to the polls and vote now so that you don't have to be in the rigmarole on election day. Or if you like that kind of vibe, go on election day. But please wear a mask, drink some water, bring a cup of patients or a gallon, whatever you need, and um, cast your ballot. You know, I ain't gonna tell you who to cast it for, just exercise your right to vote. Your ancestors uh, did a lot of work for you to be able to do so, just vote.
0: Yeah. And the other thing, I've I've already been seeing some wonderful videos of people camping out to vote um and preparing to camp out. If you're in any of those areas of the nation where that just might be a thing, please plan ahead. Please plan accordingly. Bring your water, bring your snacks. Um, have a buddy who probably already voted who can come by and drop you off some things, you know, bring a um, bring a catheter, bring a um, you know what I mean, bring a bag to to drop your stuff in a little doggy bag in case you need to to let a number two out and, and bury that one down. You just don't know what's about to happen.
1: There's like, an, and the effort that folks <laughs> take to get to Times Square and camp out, but just use that same kind of thing. Yes. I had a friend who had to wear a Depends because she wanted to go to Times Square and she actually wore it the week before just to get used to it. So, you know, so do whatever you need to do, folks.
0: Do what you need. Um, and, and just also finally, like, take care of yourself. Once you once you do vote in the sense of like really like physically take care of yourself, make sure that you're good because this nation is, you know, going through what it's going through. But also like take care of your mental health, you know. We're discussing possibly, I'm no, I know I'm voting early. So I'm about to probably by the time this came out, I'd already voted early. But so when it comes to election night, I don't need to watch the results for the results to be the results. So right. like ask okay. yourself, do you need to? be on social media watching everything shift and change Do you need to be watching the the nightly news why watch shift and change is there another time that you can decide to log in to the to the zeitgeist and into the interwebs to see what's going on other than the the moment that it happens just thinking about your mental health and just asking you to like consider those things along with your voting regime
1: hmm. and i want to say also for folks who are you know true supporters lovers of black lives, trans lives, human lives, um, the, the liberation of black and brown folks, all these, these things are super important. And despite what some of the interwebs may tell you, there's a lot of us and a lot of us who believe in this work and in this movement. Don't let them tell you different. There is more of us than them. Sometimes they just lie out.
0: That's it, let them be loud and wrong. Right, yeah.
1: while we're over here building a revolution.
0: Sure, okay. And let's get um back into the program. BPMs,
1: Beat per minute?
2: Beats per
1: minute.
0: Thank you. You know, Apple does make a lot of beats per minute cuz they have a good fun- they have a good like manufacturing facility now where they can like generate a lot of different wireless beats and a lot of different like, you know, power beats and different kinds of like headphone beats per minute. It's just, just phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know what
2: that means, but yes.
0: Dre's be- Dr. Dre's beats.
2: I thought that that's what you were.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 I was like, I think.
0: But I don't know. Thank you for participating in my cream corn. I really appreciate it. Also,
2: just so you know, the beats per minute has slowed down in terms of like what is considered to be dance music or music that you'd hear in the club. Mm -hmm. On average, it's been, ah, I can pull the numbers, but it's slowed down overall. It's been on a consistent decline since like disco.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's really interesting. Like okay. But can an 808
1: be a beat per minute? Is that type of beat per minute?
0: Boom, like an 808. It's a sound slash instrument.
2: Okay. So, no. All right. Yeah. Be making circles like a figure Beat per
0: minute is more like a measuring tool, like miles per hour.
2: Yeah. Feels good for me to you, can,
0: you can have 808s within a certain kind of beats per minute, though. Come on,
2: Pim
0: and here we go. Huh? So I think I'm gonna keep this in. Oh good. We're back. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're back. You were singing. Do you mind if I keep that in? Oh that's fine.
2: Um what's next? My EP drops. Um
0: I haven't done I haven't brushed.
2: <laughs> oh. I thought that that was a segue. I thought that was a segue to me talking about my upcoming EP.
0: I mean, let the, let the people know. Let I'm sorry. Let the people know.
2: No, it's okay. I can wait. I can wait. I can wait. I okay. <laughs> can wait.
0: Okay, so we are back. Uh, <laughs> <on break. laughs> um let's get into some church announcements um so jeremy do you let us know about this uh, ep that you got dropping soon
2: yeah so my self-titled ep um <clears throat> called self-titled so self-titled and it's dropping um winter spring 2021 um so set your clock set your alarm set your reminders it's it's i'm really proud of this work and i can't wait to share it um, It drops winter spring. Winter spring, maybe like August 2022.
0: Okay, okay. Sheree. What are you supposed to have like joggers or some shit out?
2: Yeah, she by Sheree. She, said, she said, oh, yeah, it's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when is it coming out? <laughs> right. I mean, When's the
0: release?
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, I started re watching Real Housewives. Well, I never actually watched it in the first time. But anyway, I started watching Real Housewives of Atlanta from season one.
0: <sighs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That time. Okay. It's, oh, yeah.
1: Well, they got <laughs> I'm telling you, Portia, wrong road. Wrong road. I just love it. The the nuggets are golden.
0: My Okay, just to, just to add on to people who've been doing the, like, I said what I said. I want y'all to remember what Candy said after NeNe said, I said what I said. Because right after that, Candy said, and what you said was some bullshit. So, <laughs> anytime somebody comes at you with some, I said what I said, you get the, and, and what, you what you said, said was some <laughs> bullshit.
2: <laughs> and Nini's leaving the show now.
0: I, I heard. Now she's left the show so many times. It'll go on. She'll come back. <laughs> but no, really, what you got going on, Jeremy? If you want to let the people know. Yeah.
2: Ooh, what do I have going on? Um. Honestly, I'm just trying to make sure that I'm right because we're going through a lot. I was thinking about when you first asked that question, I thought about the scene in Hunchback of (laughs) Notre Dame when, what's her face? Uh, Isabelda, Giselda, what's her name? Esmeralda. Esmeralda, thank you. (laughs) When When Esmeralda is running and trying to get into the church, right? Because the church is like the sacred ground where the state can't touch and you're protected. And I'm trying to get my temple in that way Mm -hmm. because this is gonna be my sacred ground. And the state is doing a lot right now and will continue to do a lot, regardless of who wins this election, if we're being honest and yeah. real. Yes. So that's what I, yeah. In terms of church announcements,
1: that's it. Yeah. Temple's
2: gonna have a new paint job, you know? I don't know.
0: Yeah, all right, that's real. That's real, thank you for that <laughs> the grounding. Let's all take a breath together. All right. Melanie, do you got an a announcement for the church?
1: I do. Good evening, church. Amen. Uh, right? Well, I just want to share that I just got, well, my mom just got because I had to send it to her house, is the certificate of registration for the copyright of my unpublished works, Sapphire Chronicles. Hey. Hey. Come amazing. on. So now the unpublished works are copywritten, which means that when they get published they'll have to be copywritten again. Again. But we're making we're taking steps.
0: Copyright so don't copy me. I gotta put that in.
1: So follow your dreams, follow your passions. Fuck what they say out of here what they knows and if people don't want to fund it, do figure out a way of doing it anyway, if that's what you love to do.
2: Look. Mm-hmm. That reminded me I i do have a church announcement. A real <laughs> oh an actual one sorry. Um, <laughs> um I have an article coming out um, through, what's it called, Dance USA. I had the honor of profiling three artists over the summer, Sarah Crowell, Robert Gilliam, and Murder Mommy up in um, Chicago. And so, so that article should be dropping sometime soon uh, through Dance USA's channels.
0: So, awesome.
2: exciting.
0: If you have the link before this goes out, please send it to me so it can be in the description box wherever you y'all are listening. Um, okay. Yeah, that'd be dope. Um,
1: Yay! Um, do you have any church announcements? Uh,
0: shoot. uh I think by this point, I would have s- announced my Patreon and my film series. So let's say that I did, and I have a film series of, <laughs> of films that I made on my phone during the pandemic. Um, not just on my phone, but like on my phone with friends. Um, because my Saturn return is coinciding with this this wonderful um, upheaval and change and great change in our time of humanity, um, which is just like, you know, just perfect for all those of us going through our Saturn return in Aquarius. Um, But with all that, I needed to kind of make sense of some things. So uh, the film project is called Saturn, just like real loud, because sometimes you need to yell it out. Like, oh, this is what we're doing today. This is what we're doing. Um, And it'll be up on my Patreon. So I am also, I'm also trying to make my Patreon like the, well, the goal is to have my Patreon be like the artist portal um, for my things. I've been working on this um, and coming up with plans for this since I started my Patreon a few years ago, realizing all the capabilities that a performance artist can have um, with engaging with their community and things like that. And a lot of my community is digital slash like not in New York City. so this um, pandemic has really helped create an environment where people want to see things online and engage with things online. So um, I am going to share my film work. I'll share some throwbacks of my performance work and I will be sharing some of my like morning reflections that I guess I've also started doing on the Instagrams. Um, and and finally, I'll be letting y'all know that I'll be um, doing some astrology readings. So if you would like to do or receive a reading from me uh follow my patreon and then you can know when i w- will let those um out and go because the people who are my patrons will be the first to be able to uh, set up a reading with me
1: fantastic i
0: love giving readings like i've been, I've, I've been practicing for some years and i just want to let y'all know like i'm getting i'm getting some resounding results as of late so that makes me really happy to share with y'all so like come on in um but yeah let's go ahead and uh, wrap this thing on out um Oh, before we do, but my Patreon is um, going to be in the description box for you're listening. All right. Um, thank you for listening to another episode of the Dance Union Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Dance Union, as well as email us at the Podcast at gmail.com, all spelled out. And finally, you can check us out, our website specifically, um, at thedanceunion.com. And finally, thank you to all of our patrons on Patreon for supporting the podcast, as well as our many other projects. If you are not yet a patron, go on over to patreon.com backslash the dance union to check out our goodies over there. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So what does, um, let's let's wrap this thing on up with uh, my dance union has. Do you have a my dance union has, Jeremy? Mm-hmm. My
2: dance union has a wide expanse of everything and nothing. My dance union is a bass drop has a bass drop. Come on. My dance union has a cup that runneth over. Um, no, but really my dance union has um uh, My dance union has the capacity to conjure the past into this fully present moment as we draft blueprints for the future. Sure,
0: sure, sure. My dance union has rest.
1: All right, rest. You know? Yeah. And my dance union has a treasure trove of BPMs to keep
0: the mouth moist um that's what
1: my has. okay scorpio season yep I'm that's thing.
0: watery mouth
1: <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out another one keith I, I meant to say palate moist whatever you know mouth
0: will act mouth moist is better i like i like both the alliteration and the use of the word moist
1: thank you and you know i love alliteration
0: because you know every episode every Y'all ready to finish that out, yeah. out with a 5, 6, 7, 8 We out
2: We out, out.
0: Let's feed your head with wisdom That ain't from this day In this time We are searching and seeking
1: The wisdom that ain't from This day in this time We are essentially groping to grasp the epistemological framework and paradigm that centers us in the universe.